Welcome to Rugged Theology, where we talk about church planting, theology, and drink coffee. Welcome to Rugged Theology. I'm Adam Diamond, a church planner candidate with Malwin Mission, and today you're going to hear another episode of our Growing Up series. This series focuses on the staff here at Malwin Mission and you know how we grew up and how we came to work with Malwin and you know how we came to the theological beliefs that we have now. Today you're going to hear Steve Bray talk to Matthew Leahy, who is the church planter for Kilbride Community Church, and Dana Walsh, who also helps us out here in the office, um, and how they grew up as in a Roman Catholic household, how they grew up with that faith, and you know how they came to where they are now. So I hope you really enjoy this. I hope it encourages you. Um, so here we go. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Rugged Theology. I'm here today with one of our Mile One Mission interns, David Drover. Welcome, buddy. Hey, everybody. Um, we're continuing in our little kind of mini-series that we've been doing the last number of weeks, which is really just swapping stories. We're getting to know the background of the people that make up our ministry. My name is Steve Bray. I'm the lead elder at Calvary Baptist Church and the executive director of Mile One Mission. I'm a born and bred Newfoundlander. I guess at some point somebody might even interview me. I don't know. But uh, my job is to interview others. And so I'm going to focus wait, wait, on... Wait, this isn't your... I'm not interviewing you right now? No. Yeah. Surprise, surprise, <laughs> man. I'm, I'm, I'm getting at you on this one. So David, over the last couple of weeks, um, we've done Steve Doss' story. We did Adam's story. Uh, last week, it was great. I was able to get uh, Dana and Matt's story. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that's consistent with those guys is they all, every one of them has a very distinct kind of denominational religious story. But now we come to you, mm-hmm. and now it's going to get... It's like a whole other dimension. It's like, I need a mystery sound effect here for this podcast. But I actually think you represent the very age bracket you are, because you are now what, 23? Yeah, 23, turning So you're right on the low end of the millennial, the top end of Gen Z or something like that? Yeah, I think I'm like barely Gen Z. Yeah, yeah, I'm in 97. Right, exactly, right? That comes out to be. So unlike everybody else I've interviewed up to this point, you're the guy that hasn't really grown up in any particular denomination. Like Mm -hmm. you're just, you're just this, you're just Dave. Yep. Yeah. So tell me about your upbringing. What was it like and what role did religion play in Dave Drover's life? Yeah. So, I mean, kind of like you said, I didn't really have a specific denomination, let's say, but I did kind of grow up going to different churches. Okay. Um, you know, just growing up. So my mom, you know, was a very dedicated Christian. My brother was as well. Um, so I would often go to church with mom and, and with Nathan, and we kind of went around to a few different spots. Um, I mean, this is a little bit probably before I can really remember, but I think mom and dad would always go to, you know, Faith Bible Chapel for a bit. And I think my, st- my dad still goes there. Um, but kind of as we grew up, we've gone to different churches throughout the city, and we've had good, good and bad experiences, um, you know, as everybody would have with any church. I'm sure people have had that with Calvary. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, you know, like, and, and again, it's, it's been a bit of a mixed flavor. So we've gone to, um, you know, some Pentecostal churches, some Baptist churches, 
Um, and ultimately, I mean, personally, kind of throughout my growing up, I kind of had a, a church shopping mentality. Oh, okay. Um, you know, because I, I wasn't really all that mature or anything like that. So I was just trying to fit, figure out a spot where I could fit in or um, where I might be able to find some good friends or whatever that might look like, right? So, yeah, um, yeah I mean, in terms of what role religion played, we, we, would, we would go to church on Sundays, but it wasn't really... I would say that I really kind of got serious um, about, you know, Jesus and Christianity and, and, and my faith when I kind of left high school. Ah, um, okay. That would have been kind of the big one, but kind of growing up throughout, you know, we would have been to a few different churches, but I would have called myself a Christian, um, and I would still think that I probably was. I was just a very baby, immature not healthy Christian. <laughs> but now that you you so. break all the stereotypes in the molds, okay? So as someone like myself, who's forty nine years old, been in ministry a long time, reading a lot of books about trends and and what happens, and the 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 modus operandi in the evangelical world is we have these kids, and then when they hit high school, and they graduate from high school, then they walk away from God. Mm-hmm. I'm hearing you say, no, Opposite. I was kind of a nominal Christian, maybe a Christian, maybe not one, all through high school, left high school and found God. Yeah, yeah, so more or Explain less. that to me, what happened? Yeah, so, um, oh, okay, let's see. In high school, I guess I guess maybe a little bit of background. Um, so growing up, I did, I mean, I think we'll get a little bit probably more into this once we get a little bit more into my story li- later, but um, I love soccer. It's okay. definitely... I still do love it, but it was definitely like the number one thing in my life from basically, I would think maybe like grade eight to like maybe 19. Okay. Um, so so that was that was really big. But anyway, so going through, you know, high school as a pretty typical athletic kid, um, you know, as athlete of the year, my senior year, that kind of thing. But church was kind of a side thing that I would kind of go to sometimes. I remember my my, ten, my grade 10 year and a little bit of grade 11, I think, um, we actually started coming to Calvary for the first time. Right. And, you know, that was great. It was actually probably the first church where I felt a little bit more at home. Oh, um, okay. But then we we kind of stopped going for, you know, that latter half of grade 11 and, and grade 12 year. Um, and then kind of once I graduated high school, I felt like there was, there was a, and this is why part of the reason why I do think I actually was a Christian, because there was a bit of conviction in my heart about the fact that, you know, I didn't go to a church, and I didn't right. really have Christian friends. Um, so I kind of felt, you know, maybe this is something like I'm, you know, I'm starting to become a bit of an adult now, so maybe I need to start checking out church again and actually being a bit more serious about stuff. Um, so anyways, th- with that, you know, I started going to university, um, and I got involved, well, looking back to my grade 10 and grade 11 year, I thought, you know, I actually really enjoyed going to this church. Maybe I'll check out Calvary again. So (laughs) once I started going to university and I had my own car so I could just drive by myself, um, I didn't feel like I had to necessarily drag mom away or anything like that. Now, I mean, she ended up coming for a good few years. Um, But anyways, yeah, so we, so I started going, loved it. And with that, I also joined a um, campus ministry group called Muncie F, which is an intervarsity ministry group. Yep. So, and this is at Memorial University. Yes, at right. Memorial. Yep. So, kind of once I left high school, there was that little bit of conviction, and you know, just also that step of kind of being like, "All right, well, I'm I'm kind of making my own path now." So, or at least I thought in, right. in quotations. Um, so let's let's try checking out this church thing again, and let's you know get involved in this thing. And also, my brother 
um, and my cousin were really, really big into that InterVarsity group. Right. So that was also a big um, encouragement and motivator to at least check it out. Um, and then through that, yeah, I mean, God, I mean, I'm sure we'll get into it, but God kind of worked in my life throughout, especially that first year and has been ever since in a really big way. So, okay. So you were going to be the next Messi. Not at all. <laughs> that that would have been the dream, but. <laughs> all right. So go to university, study kinesiology, right? Yes. The goal was to stay on some sort of a soccer track. Yeah. So the realistic dream okay. um, is because, I mean, obviously I was never good enough to make pro and I knew that. So, okay. but it could have been, well, maybe I could be a professional physiotherapist. So still be in the world, oh, okay. but not be, you know, and again, I, I kind of realized that might've even been a bit of a stretch, but the goal was to kind of get kinesiology, get physio, and then do something with that and figure out, um, you know, maybe perhaps even a sports. Cool. Kinda. So what happened? Cause you're here, you're not a kinesiologist and yes. you're not a physiotherapist. So dun, 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 dun. Yeah. what happened, bud? <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. So and that's where I said like that, that first year of mine and even, even kind of beyond that, God was really working on my heart. So, um, and again, like all the way up to then I was, I would have called myself a Christian, but very unhealthy, very baby, very immature Christian. Um, so at that point, you know, one of the, so from going to Calvary. But let me dig into that when you okay, use sure. that, because again, yeah, our yeah. listening audience, we don't want to take anything we don't want to assume anything. So we, you know, they're hearing, I got a 23 year old telling me he's baby, he's immature. He, like when we use that language, what do you mean? Yeah. So I would have, I would have said that I was a Christian because I do think I had a saving faith right. um, in Christ. And I, and the reason I think that that was genuine is because I, like I said, I had a conviction about not going to church. You know, okay. I had some kind of smaller convictions that were just kind of pushed down. Mm -hmm. um, so I do felt like I had a real heart change, but then when you think about what the Bible teaches about what a Christian should look like, you know, being in community with other Christians, um, you know, even just reading the Bible and praying and stuff mm. like that, like I had never really done any of the kind of discipline. So even though it was a, a long period of time, um, you know, maybe eight, nine years of, of what I would have said from where I became a Christian to that point, I had never really grown in the faith. I kind of just stayed very So in other mature. words, growing in your trust of him, to follow him, mm -hmm. to believe the Bible is his word. Yeah. So yeah. When we, yeah. So for our audience listening in, when you use this word, we weren't talking about that, you know, you were a 20-year-old who didn't know how to tie his shoes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right? Yeah, on a spiritual level. Right. We're talking yep. about the fact that you knew about Jesus. You kind of, I believe in him. I, I want to trust mm -hmm. him, but I'm not actively trusting mm -hmm. him with my life, my everyday life. Yeah. Like, okay. I believe that I was a sinner. I believe right. that he had died for my sins, but I didn't really get how to then that impacted, like, every aspect of my life. Right. Um, and you and so you weren't in this discipleship program either, right? Exactly. Nobody, Nobody was coming along beside you. Yeah. And so yet, because it's interesting, you said yet you felt this um, conviction, mm -hmm. this 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 sense. So this was one of the evidences for you that you did have a relationship with Jesus, because something was saying, David, th this is not what it's supposed to be. Exactly. Okay. Yep. Yep. So you're in university. You're at kines you're taking kinesiology, and I know you. You're a bright young man, very intelligent. God's gifted you with a wonderful mind. So I know you weren't struggling at kinesiology. Um, what happened? Yeah. So I mean, I'll try and give it give the the nice version, but or the the nice and I guess 
smaller version because I could talk about this for a long time. But um, yeah, I mean, throughout that first year, I was in kinesiology. I was loving it, but I also started going to Calvary and I started serving there as well. Okay. Um, it's actually funny. I have a huge thank you to say to my uncle Earl if he ever listens to this podcast because I'm pretty sure and you can correct me if I'm wrong. He was the person who actually told you that I played guitar. He might have been. I think it was. He might have been. I'm, I'm not going to deny nor affirm. <laughs> I'm just going to say he might have been. Yeah. So anyways, because I, I mean, growing up, going to churches, I was always a guitar player since I've been seven years old. So right. I would see people on the stage and I was like, man, that would be cool to be on. Like, I mean, again, immaturity in, in right. some senses, yeah. right? I mean, I was like a nine-year-old kid, but it would be cool to be able to play guitar in, in church. So anyways, but when I went back to Calvary, you know, I didn't want to assume or I didn't really want to make that, I didn't want to go out of my way to kind of put myself up there. So I just mm -hmm. kind of started going, was liking it, taking it all in. But then my uncle who's also attending the church. Um, he, I think, believe mentioned it to Steve that I was a guitar player and I was like, oh, okay. Um, yeah, I guess I would play cause you asked me and I was yep. like, I mean, yeah, I can give it a shot. Um, so that's been a really great just avenue for me to, to grow and, and do service and be in ministry. Um, and that was a big part to getting to know, you know, yourself, Steve, right. to get yeah. to know people like Jennifer Piercy, just different people in the church, right? Yeah. Being active in the body um, and just building those kinds of relationships. And that was, you know, a big encouragement um, because obviously I was I was taking a lot in from the preaching. I was getting community and things like that. Um, and that was kind of the church side of it. But then also on the Mon CF side of it, um, it was really great because I had, you know, there weren't that many young adults at Calvary at the time, That's not right. many peers. Um, so at Mon CF, I kind of had some more people who were of my age group, um, who really just loved me that I could kind of hang out with a bit more regularly. And we did Bible studies through the book of Mark. And, um, I really appreciated the way that we did the Bible studies. Um, I mean, obviously no way is perfect, but it was really good at getting the people there to engage with the text itself. Right. And that was something I never really done on a personal level. Like I never opened up the Bible, you know, done things like just observe what the text says question what it's saying and then interpreting it as a group and discussing about it and having somebody guide that discussion and lead it well and then kind of taking well okay so if this is what it's saying then what does that mean for us and how we do life this week right yeah um and do that application right so going through that week by week by week on top of you know stuff at calvary it was really cool to see um just to see who jesus was through the book of mark because the kind of like i would have known kind of like we said those very core gospel like starts of you know jesus dying for our sins that we're a sinner but i never really was aware of what jesus was like um and i can remember for instance just going into i think it's mark it's either at the end of chapter one or early chapter two with jesus and the leper mm. um and something as simple as like the fact that jesus touched the leper before saying that he was healed and just that that act of like for somebody who's never had or been touched in such a long time that Jesus would kind of go out of his way to, to show that kind of level of compassion. And anyways, just things like that, like the little details that are in the text that you might not, um, of just, or at least that I wouldn't have picked up on and just really coming to see, you know, who Jesus was and learning more about him. And then throughout all that year, kind of being a part of that church community, that, that Muncie community, learning about Jesus, hearing good preaching, um, which led up to a very influential week in my life, which was Mark East. Right. Um, so Mark East is a, it's a campus, it's with that MUNCF group, but the greater organization called InterVarsity, where basically they have a camp where you go and you study like half of the book of Mark in about a week. 
Um, so it's a very intense Bible study. It's like nine hours so, a day. So let me get this straight now for our listening audience. Yep. This is a group of 18 to 24 year olds. Majority. Yep. Okay. Yep. Getting together, spending their own money mm-hmm. to get together and say, we're going to take a Bible, we're going to open it up and we're going to read it and talk about it and figure it out together. For nine hours a day, seven days a week. For and, seven and, days, yep. Yeah, and so because I, I want to get that for our listening audience, and obviously Rugged Theology may goes out to pastors, mm-hmm. and maybe there's youth leaders listening and stuff like that. So I want to encourage us that, so you didn't go because you are going to get like the latest Christian pop band, or you didn't go because you were going to do like, no. you know, Great Escape Rooms <laughs> or Fair Factor, the Christian edition. Mm-hmm. You literally were drawn to the idea that, you were going to study the Bible and God was going to become real to you as an 18 to a 22 year old. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. I, I just, I think that's important for our audience to get. And if pastors are listening, don't miss this. Cause David said something at the beginning of this about how Calvary Baptist was built and we didn't have a lot of young people, but here we are in 2021 and Calvary Baptist definitely has a lot of young people in it now. Mm-hmm. And we are not the flashy church. Not at all. We are not the bigger is better, greater. We are pretty low-key, good music, because you're a great guitar player, um, but it's about the Bible, and it's about answering questions and about mm-hmm. letting kids come and bring all of the junk and the mess yep. and the chaos of the 21st century world and bring it mm-hmm. into their life in the sense of what does the Bible say about this? Yeah, okay. and, e- and even like in what you just said with the music, even our music, we everything founded biblically. Oh, so absolutely. It's all aspects yeah, yeah, yeah. of it, right? Like it's not just the preaching. It's everything. So it's not about entertainment. It's not exactly. about tickling ears. It's not about making them all feel good about themselves. It's about mm-hmm. making them feel like God loves them enough to actually talk to them. Exactly. And cool. you've said this so many times from the pulpit that truth is never afraid of a question. <laughs> yeah. I think for it's been a my generation... theme in these interviews, I might add. Oh, is it? <laughs> yeah, okay. It is. No, that's good. Uh, so yeah, that's that's always something too that I think really so then take us. us through the rest of it. I kind of jumped in there. So, okay. So are you still doing kinesiology? Like what's David Drover doing now? Yeah. Yeah. So actually let me just finish up right, with Mark okay. East. Um, just briefly. Yeah. So, so we went out to do that. And actually the only other thing I would say on terms of, in terms of the motivations to going is it, well, not as much motivation, but it really helped to have a few very good friends. Give me a little push in the back. Yeah. yeah, say, yeah. Why don't you do this? So if, if you know of people who are kind of maybe, on the fringes or not sure, like it's, it's really great if you can kind of give them that friendly push. So you're telling um, that to pastors, moms and dads, absolutely. other young people, your age, members in, church, in the church. Water, yeah. Yeah. Older, anybody. Younger. Right. Okay. Yeah, Good yeah. stuff. Cool. Um, yeah. So anyways, so I went, it was great. Um, my mom was so gracious to basically pay for it for me. Um, so that was fantastic. I didn't have the, the burden of that. Um, so I went and I really just encountered, you know, when you take basically a week of your life and you're you're without distraction you're with other believers you're studying the word it, more often than not god will honor that and <laughs> you know like that's kind of how this works right so yeah um, and just so our listening audience knows again in any of your age bracket mm-hmm. we're not talking about some weird culty you know no, commune no, no, no. You, you know this this was voluntary this yep. was everybody wanted to be there mm-hmm. there wasn't some sort of weird legislated curfew and checks on cell phones and all this kind no, of stuff. 
it was nothing like that. The only reason I say disconnected is because the camp we were at, it was just so far out that like there was <laughs> okay. no cell service. So you'd have right. us walking around the middle of the field with our phones way up in the air trying to find a cell bar yeah, or but whatever. This was just but, a bunch of regular young adults yep. who were there because they wanted to know God. Exactly. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So keep going, man. Tell me the rest of the story. Yeah. Yeah. So with that, and I mentioned, there's a reason I mentioned earlier about how soccer was kind of the number one thing in my life, um, because I'd been kind of doing all this growing from that first year. This was towards the end of my first year at Mun, by the way. Okay. Um, so kind of after going through that that eight months or so of, of going to Calvary and Mun CF and all this good stuff, um, I got to the point there where I was at during during one of the studies, there was a question that was kind of like, you know, is there something that, that would stop you from following Christ? Like, just in terms of like a journey or, or whatever it is, you know, it was kind of vague, but I realized that, you know, something I would really struggle to give up was soccer. And if it came down to a choice between one or the other, which I didn't think it was, but if it was, it was more about the theory and where my heart was at. I didn't know at the time if I could really say, all right, you know what, I'm see a soccer. I'm going to, you know, go live for Christ now. But so l- let me stop you here. Cause I yep. think this is a cool thing. So you're saying no one was telling you you had to choose God or soccer mm-hmm. in the sense of the people around you. You're saying this was something God was talking to you about. You were you were trying to say, who am I as a person? What are my priorities? Mm-hmm. What gives me value? Where where's the where's my focus gonna be for the rest of my life? Yep. Like what's when when the chips are down, mm-hmm. what are my priorities gonna be? Yep. And this was the struggle that was going on inside of David. Yeah, this is what and it just kicked me in the butt. Oh, I wow, was okay. just like I was just, I had no idea because I knew like at that point after those eight months of kind of being more in the church, like I knew that I should want to follow Christ. I knew that was the right response, Right. but my heart was still struggling with that. Like I just okay. didn't know what to do. And that was very early on in the week. And then kind of as the week progressed, and again, we were, it was funny because we studied the first eight chapters of Mark throughout all of month CF that year. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah. we did it all again in basically a week. So I had kind of been a little bit familiar with it, but as we kind of kept going through it, and when you do it in such a, you know, close chunk together, you get to see a lot more things, mm. um, just a lot of cool little connections and stuff like that. So as we kind of went through, um, I kind of just started to realize more and more that Jesus was better and that he was worth it. Um, and that was kind of, I mean, in summary, I don't think I really left like with that kind of a revelation or whatever, but right. I had kind of started to feel the the shift of, you know, I've, you know what, Jesus is far more valuable than soccer is or whatever that thing is, and that's, you know, th- he's all that I need. Right. Um, so then that was, you know, I spent the summer just kind of, um, I think I was working at a soccer club over the summer just for some. So that's job. an interesting thing. So our listening audience, you're not saying. Oh, then I had to go burn my soccer balls. I burned my jerseys. I stopped following no, the, no. the English Premier League or whatever league that you still follow. La Liga. Yeah, yeah, that league. So you were still an avid soccer fan, still are. Mm-hmm. Oh, right. still am. Absolutely. Yeah. So it wasn't that you became some weird freak of nature. Nope. You just realigned your priorities. Exactly. Okay. So when I went back to school then in September, I hadn't thought that I was going to change anything. But then I can remember it very clearly. I was sitting in an anatomy class, um, which is one of the subjects like I was really excited to take that class beforehand. Yeah. And I was hearing the prof um, up there and they were talking about how they were just so passionate about it. 
and I, there was a there was a friend of mine who actually just came in to kind of sit on the lecture. He was because he was he just had like an hour off between his classes or whatever. Right. Um, and then he was like, partway through, he was like, "Yeah, I'm really bored. I'm gonna leave." And I was like, "Okay." So then he left, but then I was sitting there and I was thinking, and it just hit me. I was like, "I'm not passionate about this anymore." Like I'm I'm hearing this prof talk about how she loves it and it's great, and you know I'm just sitting here and I'm like, I don't want to do this. Like this isn't. Yeah. Like, I, I really don't feel like this is where my heart's at now. Um, and, you know, that's, I think my priorities had really shifted between, you know, wanting to live Dave's life, which is the soccer path, which is the physiotherapist path, which is this, but to, you know, following Christ and whatever he has for me. Okay. Um, in terms of a real, like, in a real day-to-day, like, big scope of life, Right. Kind of moment. So with that, you know, there was there was a bit of um, obviously discernment. Like I, I chatted with my parents who were who were very supportive, which was great. And kind of just said, listen, like, I don't I don't really know what I want to do, but this isn't it. Um, so I ended up basically stopping the program. I did a couple of courses that semester, stayed involved at MUNCF. Um, at that point, actually, I had moved on to the exec team. Oh, right. Yeah. Um, so I had kind of been getting a little bit more into that. And then obviously continuing to play guitar and serve and, and be a part of Calvary. Um, yeah, and that was it. So I finished that semester, worked. I didn't want to just be idle. So I worked at a Domino's for about two months um, over, I think it was like December to January-ish. Then I found a better job at a soccer club right on. Um, that I'd worked at over the summer. And they kind of wanted me to run their winter program. So I did that. Um, and then it's funny because I don't know. You've probably heard me say this, but I don't know if you actually know. Um, I can remember very, another thing. It's funny that you can remember very specific moments yeah, yeah, so yeah. well. Um, I was sitting in my basement just playing my PlayStation because I love playing PlayStation. Um, and That's I got another a- podcast for another day. <laughs> <by the way. laughs> um, yeah. So anyways, I, I'm just sitting there playing. Then, you know, my phone starts ringing. It's it's Steve Bray. And I'm like, oh, OK, my pastor's calling. Let's let's see what he wants to say. So he's like, so listen, um, if I wanted to hire you as a summer intern, what would you say? I was like, yeah, all right. <laughs> so <laughs> that was basically the start of, of me. I, I eventually left my, my soccer job um, kind of transitioning because they were going to have a full summer crew come in anyway. So right. it, it just made sense to kind of transition there. Um, and then I started doing, I did a summer internship at Calvary, which was, which was great. Um, definitely a lot of learning experience. And through that kind of, figured out about this union thing that, which was basically the seminary that I ended up going to that fall. Um, yeah. So you went from Memorial university to another seminary, but this is a theological seminary. Yes. Right. All online based out of, yep. out of Wales. So yeah, basically throughout that summer, you know, I had gotten a little bit of a, um, a better appreciation, I guess, for how the churches run behind the scenes. Yeah. Um, just kind of getting to shadow you and Steve a little bit, um, getting to preach my first sermon, stuff like that, um, getting to lead music for the first time, like in terms of leading the service. Um, and that summer, actually, I forgot too, I went to Haiti on a, yes, you did, yeah. um, on a trip with InterVarsity. So that was, that was definitely an impactful experience as well. But yeah, basically through that, um, that summer at the end of it, I kind of felt like God was leading me into ministry. Didn't really know what that looked like particularly. Um, so let me stop you there, Dave, because again, for our yep. audience, so I want to make sure our audience catches all these little nuances. So you feel called to ministry. Mm-hmm. You feel that God has said, David, I'm, I'm going to use you in full-time vocational ministry. Yep. But you're not saying to all of the other young people that are listening that 
the experience you had at Mark East that you wanted to make Jesus a priority doesn't play out that that means everybody now has to quit whatever job focus they're on and go be a pastor. Yeah, or not like at that. all. Right. Not okay. at all. Because you're married to a woman that's pursuing a business career and doing quite well at it. And yep. I know she's very dear to me, obviously, and I've known her since the day she was born. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just I just want to clarify that. So you're saying the, the, the call from God to make him a priority is a call to everybody. Mm-hmm. The fact that God may call some of us or some of you out there to go serve him full time, just be willing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, okay. I just want to make yep. sure because I don't want our listening audience, especially if people are new to church or they're searching, to somehow think we're setting up a certain type of thing. I, I you know, obviously, I've got a vested interest to say to any young person, mm-hmm. listen for that still small voice of God of what He's calling you to do. But mm-hmm. we need godly doctors, nurses, absolutely engineers, all these things that are mm-hmm. that Christ is the priority. But they are good at what they do, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. So full circle now. You're an intern here. You feel called to ministry. You're working towards that. You're married now. Everything you've told us about, how does that affect the Dave Drover of today, the 23 year old, two year married Dave Drover? Yeah, I mean that's. I mean, how does it not impact you in some ways? Because it's, it's literally like this is how, you know, I've gotten to be where I am. So it's impacted everything. But um, and I'll admit in other ways, too, I think sometimes it's a bit of a blind spot for me to know how my oh, past okay. is, has impacted me currently. But, um, you know, I would say that it, it definitely affects how I see um like other people's journeys in terms of like peers and stuff like that. And I really do have a heart for um, connecting people with, with the word and getting them to study it and actually interact with it. Um, Because I mean, obviously, you know, church is fantastic and church is the best, you know, it's, it's God's plan to, you know, it's God's missional plan and and everything. Um, but, and I think through the church, we would do well, which is another thing that I love about Calvary, just to get people into the Word so that they can really just experience what it's, what it's saying and interact with it themselves. Because I, I fear, or I shouldn't say I fear, but um, there are probably other people out there like me who have kind of grown up into some of this, but have never really wrestled with it themselves. Okay. Um, and I just think it's such a, it's so worthwhile to actually wrestle with the Bible yourself, yeah, yeah, wrestle yeah. with Jesus yourself and not just take it as, you know, your parents' faith or your church's faith or your upbringing, but to actually, you know, be in the Word and, and ask the hard questions. So that's what you would say to a 16-year-old, 17-year-old? Absolutely. Don't be afraid. Go chase those questions. Go mm-hmm. chase answers to those questions. Yeah, and it's it's burdened me for for even the people of, of university and a little bit older than that, the twenty to twenty five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, just to, you know, to get all of them to ask their questions, to not be afraid. You know, the truth is never afraid of yeah, question. Like we just absolutely. had to go to go to the word and say, you know, like this is like how do I deal with the fact that you know my my brother died or my mom died or my parents just separated or my relationship with my boyfriend or girlfriend is mm-hmm. really difficult. Like, why is that? Like to go and actually wrestle with these questions or even, you know, bigger questions of like, well, what happens when I die? Or, yeah. um, you know, is there a God who, and, and, and even, the even like the stuff that we're wrestling with politics, sexual ethics, yes. yeah. all of the, the stuff that is really 
your generation is really, I think, being just zinged with this stuff. Mm-hmm. So as I close, because I need to cl- close this up, to the young pastor, or maybe even to the pastor like me who's almost 50, who feels like, why am I losing my young people? Maybe I need to get a flashy guy. I need to get Ignatius, the world's greatest youth pastor, <laughs> whatever I need to do. Just quickly as we close, what do you say to that church person out there, that mom, that dad who's discouraged, who maybe feels like our church needs just to flash it up more? What, what, what do you say to them? Don't. <laughs> okay. I'll expand. I'll expand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I really do. I would encourage you to, in all seriousness, like there's what you win them with, I guess in some way, this is a saying I yeah. think you, you hear a lot, what you win them with is what you win them to. And really what what gives the church power and what is really powerful is not the gimmicks. It's not the music. It's not the emotions. I mean, to some extent, but what really um, just gives, you know, God glory and honor is when you can basically just, um, yeah, preach the word and be focused on the word. And sometimes that's going to be hard. Yeah. Um, you know, sometimes it might feel like people are, are flocking away or they're not coming out um, and that you need to change because of that. But, but I think God really will just honor, um, you know, the pastor, the church leader who, who is just focused on getting to the truth. And I think more and more with our generation, the generation under, we're going to be having these questions because here's the truth. As we, as we go down the journey of questioning everything between yep. sexual identity, ethics, and, yep. and morality, everything is just going to get fuzzy. Yeah. And that's just how it's right. going to be. I mean, we're already experiencing exactly. that. And everybody is going to have, as much as they might like to push them down, there's going to be questions. And there's only one place to really find, and this is a bit controversial, but the truth. Yeah. Not a truth, but the truth. Yeah. So as church leaders, as pastors, if we have the truth, why not offer it? So, that's, that's so just good, go for it. Yeah. Don't don't change. Just keep offering. And, and again, the word. and we're not saying that we do this with a dead orthodoxy either, right? We're saying mm-hmm. that you, what draws these young people and draws you is you. People have to believe this stuff and be alive to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and don't be ashamed of it. Like young pastors yeah. out there and pastors of churches here in Atlantic Canada, Newfoundland. Don't be ashamed of your Bible. Actually show how you believe it, because that is what people will be drawn to. I really believe your generation will be drawn to. So I hope this has been an encouragement. Thank you, David. Yeah, thank you. Um, David's like a son in the faith to me. Hey, listen, thank you for hanging out. Tune in again next week as we continue our journey through these types of things and our Rugged Theology podcast. You can find us on our Mile One Mission website at Calvary Baptist, Facebook. You can even find us now at the Gospel Coalition Atlantic Canada or the Gospel Coalition Canada. Check us out. We'd love to have you. And if you've got prayer requests or questions about any of this, David, you can find them on our website, anything like that. Any young people out there, send them a text, send them an email. He'd love to hear from you. So thank you. God bless you. And Lord willing, we'll talk to you all next week. You have been listening to Rugged Theology. Rugged Theology is a podcast of Mile One Mission. If you'd like to know more about Mile One Mission and our work in Newfoundland, please visit us at www.mileonemission.ca.